Welcome back to another episode here on Confessions of a Recovering Hot Mess with me, your host, Bethany Sisteric. And what I'm about to say will blow your dang mind. Stay tuned. So before we get started today, uh, I want to re-mention something that we talked about last week, and that is doing 21 days of fasting and prayer in January. We'll be starting January 3rd, and we'll be doing this through the 24th. And we wanted to invite anyone and everyone to join us. I think it's it's an important thing to start your year out with the Lord and have him kind of be our main focus for the first part of the year. And we can have that opportunity to realign our hearts and surrender ourselves fully to him walking into 2024. I just wanted to take a quick second and remind everybody of that. If you need some encouragement, just throughout the year, we'll be doing freebies and giving early access on different things to our newsletter community first. So if you'd like to be a part of that, I will again try to link it into this podcast thing. I don't think I'm doing it right, so bear with me on that. But the link is alive and active on Instagram if you go to my Instagram page and where the about me, it lists all the things that I do. Um, at the very bottom, it says newsletter link here. And if you click on that, you can be able to sign up. So if you signed up for a previous newsletter that I had, I will be transferring you into this new one because I'm dissolving the old one and doing all just one newsletter because that's easier to manage because I don't just have endless time to to write a million emails. So yeah, that's it. So let's get after it today. And we'll get back to our regularly scheduled program. I do have a holiday theme happening here for the episodes leading up to Christmas. Although today might feel a little odd. So just hang with me and hopefully by the end, it'll all make sense. For so many of us, Christmas extends far past the reach for the perfect present, giving, cookies, and decorations. For many of us, Christmas feels special because it's when we begin to really focus on Jesus and the birth that started a revolution that would change the world. But what if we lived like that all year long? What if the birth of our Savior was something we proclaimed every single day and not just during the holidays? Well, the subject of our episode today did just that. Let's all give a warm welcome to the wild man himself, the one with the untamed beard, John the Baptist. Okay, but seriously, I think John the Baptist was quite possibly the most savage of them all. He went where the Holy Spirit led no matter what. He didn't care about the cost because preparing the way for Jesus was the most important thing he could do. And friend, the price he paid was beyond money because he paid it with his life. I always used to think this one man was crazy. He left the comforts most seek to shout the Messiah was coming at the top of his lungs. And then I thought, I could never do something like that. In the last few years, I've honestly realized something that kind of terrified me to no end. We're all called to be the Johns of this time. We should be teaching and telling about Jesus to anyone willing to listen. We're the procession of the Lord's second coming. And I got to be honest, 
That whole thing really scared me so much. Now, don't get me wrong. I am a people person through and through. I love people. I'm great at connecting with others, and I'm even better at putting people at ease very quickly. These were kind of the qualities that made me a good paramedic. But transferring that into sharing Jesus with strangers even now feels difficult. I don't know about you, but for me, I've carried around a fear for a long time about this. Now, I will boldly wear a sweatshirt that says binge Jesus or warning, I'll start talking about Jesus at any time. But when prompted by the Lord to ask someone, I don't know, to pray for them or to tell them the Lord loves them, I battle fear. Yes, I know that's not something someone with a podcast about Jesus should have an issue with. But I also know that I'm human, just like you. If we don't talk about these fears that hold us back, how are we ever supposed to be there to help hold each other up? In the last few months, I've really come into a new place of surrender and peace with the Lord. I definitely can feel my trust in him thriving as life does its random ups and downs. And yet my joy remains because I trust him for provision. But I've realized the fear I battle is a lack of trust that he will give me the right words or that he'll protect me where he sent me to go, or that he'll deliver me from whatever situation lies ahead, even if it's deliverance through death. Now don't freak out, breathe, and stay with me. Because yes, proclaiming the gospel can still to this day get us killed or hurt. The world hasn't changed as much as we'd like to think. It's still the same old sin-riddled mess it's been since Adam took a bite from the off-limits tree. Countless prophets were hunted, many killed, the disciples all killed. Paul killed. Today, a young pastor fights for his life in the ICU because he preached the gospel on the street and was shot in the head for it. As Christians, we want to proclaim how peace and joy can be abundant through Jesus, which is 100% accurate and amazing, but we rarely talk about the cost of following Jesus. Instead, we want to focus only on the good, leaving countless Christians unprepared for the ugly side of loving Jesus, for the hateful side. And yes, we will absolutely be talking about how to be prepared for these exact things over the course of 2024. So what is the biggest way we can prepare ourselves to be a John today? Well, we should take a look in the Bible and see what John did. And we find our answer, Luke chapter 1, verse 80. And the child, John the Baptist, grew and became strong in the spirit. And he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. First, we must remember that John was born with something new no one had ever heard of before, the Holy Spirit. For us, we get access to him through Jesus. I know for so many, the Holy Spirit is something uncertain. And to others, it might feel spooky or weird. I don't want to take up too much time on this today, but I plan to do a more in-depth series on this in 2024 as well. But I just want to mention one thing. The Holy Spirit is not weird or spooky. He is our helper. And if you want to know more about the Holy Spirit right now, you can feel free to read in Acts in the New Testament and ask the Lord to reveal new things to you as you're reading it. But as for John the Baptist, we see that he grew up strong in the spirit. So alone that tells us when we first have the Holy Spirit given to us, it's not something we will be strong or confident in. 
This is something we must let the Lord develop in our lives. Like when you start working out, in order to get strength built up, you use repetition with a weight you can handle. And as you grow stronger, you increase the weight to keep building. The same idea happens with the Holy Spirit. When we first receive him, we have no clue how he works or what our relationship with him looks like. But over time, as we read our Bibles and grow in our relationship with God and Jesus, our relationship with the third prong in the Godhead, Holy Spirit, grows too. We learn God's voice so when the Spirit speaks, we can discern it's Him. And we learn obedience, surrender, and trust as He walks with us hand in hand. So we should be growing working our Holy Spirit muscles through relationship and spending time reading the Bible and praying. Building a relationship with God isn't much different than building one with a new friend. The relationship has to be cultivated and watered for it to come to fruition. But here's the part of this verse that hit me the hardest. He lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. He lived in the wilderness lived there. Let me explain. A wilderness is defined as a wild and uncultivated region, uninhabited or only inhabited by wild animals, a wasteland, a bewildering mass of collection, a desolate tract. I think you get the point here. This is the key to being able to make way for the king's arrival because to live in the wilderness is to give up the comforts of this life is to stop clinging to the things that we run to and to run to God instead. But the biggest thing is that we learn two major lessons in the wilderness. We get to learn who God is and how to trust him. Now, the first wilderness most experience is the desert. Here you rely on God for provision, but there's a reason this is the first quote unquote phase, so to speak. A few years ago, my family and I were traveling through the desert in Nevada on our way uh, to Idaho. As we were driving through a physical desert, I was in a season of life where I was spiritually in a desert-like wilderness. So I took in everything around me and asked the Lord to help me understand why the desert. And all of a sudden, I had clarity. When you look across a desert terrain, it's vast and it's barren. This, of course, forces you to rely on the Lord for provision, but it's also a training ground for seeing a potential threat because you can see for miles in all directions. It's vital to learn this first step so we can quickly discern between God and our very real enemy that disguises himself as light to fool us. The desert is an open space for us to grow in the gifts of the spirit freely given to us. There are other types of wilderness journeys as well, and they each serve a purpose. In the denseness of the forest, you rely on his voice for direction and leadership. In the mountains, you learn to climb and descend with ease. On the beach, you learn how to discern what to consume and what not to consume. All of these different terrains provide a new learning curve and requires growth to move forward. If you were sent out into the wilderness like Bear Grylls and you gave up in the middle, you say, I can't do this anymore. You would at the very least endure suffering until you stood up and kept going. Or at the very worst, you would die. Similar things can be found spiritually as well. 
death or suffering is never God's plan for you in these places. But we have the free will to make choices that can lead to these things. Our choice may extend our wilderness journey in the same way it did the Israelites, or it may lead to spiritual death or death of joy, hope, and love. But if we choose to lean in and we choose to let God lead and we learn to truly surrender and make him Lord of our lives and we learn to listen to his voice and follow it fully, we will gain something so much greater than we could ever imagine when we emerge from the wilderness. The other thing it says in this verse is that he was out of the public eye. He was out in the wilderness alone. Now, we don't get to see his life out there, no matter how much I want to. I asked the Lord about that one too. I want to know what he went through and what he endured, and maybe it can help me prepare for what might come on my own journey. And the Lord simply said a wilderness journey is not always for others to know the details of, but it's to help grow you. This is not a journey you can take someone with you on. This is something you have to do alone with the Lord. It's a very personal experience between the believer and the Almighty. We get to see a few here and there in scripture, but the biggest one we got to know the details about was Jesus. It was in the wilderness he was tempted by the devil, an enemy of the humanity that lived inside Jesus when he walked this earth. He twisted scripture, polluting it with lies to try to trick Jesus. And he does the same things to us. But Jesus held steadfast to the word of God and knew what God called him to in the wilderness to do. He knew there was growth within his human side that needed to take place before he too could be made known to Israel. Now, if you're called to ministry, I have some rough news, but it's also actually really good news you will undoubtedly go on a wilderness journey many times throughout your life. You will endure difficult things so that you may be tilled up for the glory of God. Oh, wait, did I not mention we are all called to ministry on some level? Maybe you're not called to huge giant platforms, but maybe you're just called to lead your children and to teach them about Jesus as a stay-at-home mom. Or maybe you will lead thousands to the Lord every year. Or maybe you'll run an intimate Bible study or be a missionary. No matter what your walk of life may be, as believers, we will endure a wilderness. This is not a punishment. It's a training ground to build and grow within us what needs to be there so we can proclaim the gospel in our homes and communities. In my home, my kids may or may not get irritated with me because just about anything can be turned into a five-minute sermon. Jesus may be the biggest topic I talk about with people in my life. I may read the Bible most days and journal like a madwoman when the Lord speaks. I may get up in front of people and preach the word with a swirl of nerves and excitement within me. I may do this podcast and not only speak these things, but I live them in my own life. And yet, I still get super nervous to share a word with those I don't know, just like I shared with you all last week. I've talked myself out of this a few times over the years. I also remember today is a new day, and I'm trying to be more obedient with each passing day. And hey, that's better than giving up altogether and sitting in the dirt having a pity party. Am I right? And honestly, I think our willingness to try speaks volumes to the God who loves us more than we know. Don't you? 
in trying, in surrendering, and being obedient, we can effectively step into savagely sharing Jesus with others. This doesn't mean we shove it down people's throats, but it does mean we do it even if we're scared, even if we feel stupid, even if it costs us everything. We give it all because he gave it all for us. And you never know what one encouraging word or prayer might do for a person. It can not only change their day, but can impact their families for generations to come. It can break off the shackles of bondage and help them and their loved ones live free in Christ. So what do you say? Are you willing to try? Are you willing to surrender? Are you willing to let Jesus truly be the Lord of your life, even if it leads you to the wilderness? I hope so, because friend, it will be so worth it. I'm so glad we got to hang out today, and I pray the Lord spoke to your heart through these words. If you put someone specific on your heart, be sure to share this with them. I truly believe the Lord places people on our hearts for a purpose and a reason. I have two goals here with this podcast and in this ministry that I'm building. One, bring the freedom of Christ to people everywhere. And two, help people walk in the fullness of who Christ has called them to be. I think the biggest thing I want to leave you with is this. Don't be in a hurry to be seen. Be willing to do the work needed to stand boldly surrendered in Christ so the weight of being a Christian in this world doesn't crush us all. It's vital to trust God in this process. God's got you. It'll be okay. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me today. And don't forget to tune in next Tuesday as we look at the birth of Christ through Mary's eyes. Take care and God bless.